0: I'm Lurik Fine, the CEO and founder of Laurel & Wolf, and these are our mission and values.
1: This is a podcast about remarkable startup cultures, why they work so hard, and the shared principles that guide them. I'm your host, Brian Landers. The best company cultures continue to change over time, so the details you'll hear today are just a snapshot of where the company is now. Today I'm talking to Laura Fine, the CEO and founder of Laurel and Wolf. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. So, let's start off with what is Laurel and Wolf?
0: So, Laurel and Wolf is an online interior design service. And what that means is clients are able to actually come to our website, tell us about their space, set their budget, upload photos of their space, and then for a one-time flat fee, they get connected to professional interior designers. It's really a full-service kind of end-to-end option. And the best part about it is, is that it's only $399 a room, which is more than 10x less expensive than what traditional interior design has ever cost.
1: That sounds great. And to get some context on the size of your culture and the team you're building there, roughly how many employees and locations do you have now?
0: So, at Laurel and Wolf, we have offices in West Hollywood. We're based in the interior design district of, <laughs> of LA. Mm-hmm. And at our headquarters there, we have 68 employees that are full-time employees. But then a bigger part of our community is our interior designers, obviously, who are part of our platform. But we have over a thousand designers that are located all over the country. So, they're not full-time employees, but they work with us. So, we do a lot for them as well to create community. But when I talk about the team or the company at Laurel and Wolf. It's really referring to our team in West Hollywood.
1: Got it. Yeah, that's a pretty sizable growing team there. You know, as a designer myself, I'm really excited to hear more about your mission. Can you tell me what is the purpose that you and your team work so hard towards each and every day?
0: So our mission is simple, is that if you change the space, you can change someone's experience. And we are transforming the way that people live and work through the power of great design. So as an interior designer myself, I had worked with you know very, very, very well-off clients, uh, both for commercial and residential projects all over the United States and all over the world. And I saw even the impact that it had for wealthy people of changing their space, making it feel like it was theirs, making it feel unique to them, making it feel that is a place of calm, confidence. You know, my idea was that everyone should have access to that. You know, what's interesting is there's a lot more emphasis on public design these days. And, you know, the the example I always use is that whether you realize it or not, you're affected by the design of your surroundings. And when you think about a special celebration, why do people go to fancy restaurants? Is it because there's a linen tablecloth? Is it because the entrees cost more? Mm -hmm. It's actually none of those things. What it really is, is that someone has invested in creating an ambiance that makes you feel a certain way. And so that ambiance makes you feel like it's a place where you can celebrate. And that's what we're trying to do with Great design. Is that everyone for their homes and for their businesses should have access to a professional interior designer who can help them create the space that is going to give them that sense of calm or that sense of productivity or that sense of joy. So we're really here to help people live better lives.
1: I love that. I totally agree. You know, you can really be magically transported to a new world and a new mindset by a well-designed space. So, democratizing that so that more people can experience it is really great. Thank you. Yeah. You know, as you say in your mission, if you change the space, you change the experience. So I'm dying to know, what does the space look like at Laurel and Wolf HQ? <laughs> you know, what makes it special?
0: So it, the space at Laurel and Wolf HQ is constantly evolving um, as part of startup life. If you go from having uh, 22 people to then 68 people, you're constantly shifting things around and, and kind of making it work as you continue to grow. Yeah. But the concept for the space was that I really wanted everyone to, of course, have their dedicated desk and work area, but more importantly, that there'd be a lot of collaboration space and just a lot of interesting spaces where people could go and also do work quietly, but that was away from their desk. So we have lots of communal tables. We have high top bar tables. We have low kind of dining tables where people can do group meetings. We have conference rooms and call rooms so that if you need uh, privacy or a little bit more quiet to do a call with someone, you have a, a space there. The other part is that our office was really meant to feel more like a home. So we have all these different kind of living room areas where it's sofas and club chairs and rugs and coffee tables and it feels cozy and warm and I think that people love to go and sit in those spaces and you know maybe they're coding or they're working on writing something or a pitch or uh, concepting a strategy it just is a really interesting way of getting the creative juices flowing mm-hmm. and they've proven that when you actually physically get up and move that you change the the kind of patterns in your brain it changes the the way you think. So my thought was, okay, well, instead of just having people sit at their desks all day long, have them get up, move, go work in a small group, someone sit on a sofa, sit on a cool swinging chair. We even have bunk beds in our offices. Interesting. Um, so, you know, by getting up and changing your environment, it helps you think, it, you know, be a bit more productive in that way.
1: Yeah, that sounds really healthy. And it's, it's great that you built the idea of movement into the design. On your website, you give some clues about what you've all dubbed the Laurel and Wolf Pack, which I I love. (laughs) Yeah. And I love this thing you say, which is, we embrace the wedding planner and our director of product, the comedian and our recruiter. And that just reminds me so much of the duality of creative professionals in Los Angeles. How does being located in L.A. play into working at Laurel and Wolf?
0: So Los Angeles is a great place to have a company in general because I think it's a city full of creatives coming out of very different industries. And I think that also we are kind of a city of cities, which means that you have a lot of different perspective of people kind of living in different areas. And we're not so hyper-condensed and crowded like a city like New York or San Francisco that we build companies that only address the needs of people who live in super crowded cities. Yeah. But when we say we embrace the wedding planner in our head of product, it's not that she's currently a wedding planner. It's less about her having a, a, you know, a dual job. What it really is referencing is the fact that we embrace different backgrounds. So I think what's really interesting, uh, speaking of our director of product, is that she was a Bain consultant. Who then became a professional wedding planner for many years, who then decided to go into working back into a business environment, but wanted to marry basically her business and analytical sense with her creative sensibilities and started as like an analyst and then started learning product. And then she moved up the food chain and product. And I always joke that she's this epic combination of right brain and left brain. You know, she had plenty of years of product experience when we hired her, but has really far exceeded, I think, even her expectations and our expectations of how she's been able to grow and evolve. And really, I think she's exceptionally gifted at it. And it may not have looked that way on her resume upon first glance. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can't always just judge a book by its cover. Where, you know, Of course, in certain jobs, you have to have a certain number of years of tactical hands-on experience. But at the same time, we're big on looking at the qualities and kind of skills that different people have coming out of different backgrounds and different experiences and how they can translate into areas of growing the business. So you know, our recruiter who is a comedian, I think that that probably makes a little bit more sense where he's good with people, you know, he's outgoing, he's not shy. So he's the perfect person to go and work a room at, uh, you know, maybe it's an event or a booth, you know? So I think that one, there's a nice tie in there, less obvious from a wedding planner and Bain consultant to a head of product. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always joke that I look terrible on paper. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I have a great resume if you're looking to hire an interior designer, I worked as a senior designer, you know, one of the top firms in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, but what makes me qualified to be CEO of a tech startup? You know, I, I don't look that great, uh, from a resume perspective.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is funny. Yeah. It's, I think Ben Silberman, the CEO of Pinterest said he noticed, you know, that he would no longer be qualified to get hired at his own company, according to their criteria. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It's a good day. That's a good day. How about, you know, diversity and inclusivity, you know, in general, how do you, Think about that in the context of hiring?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, if anything, we have always tried to create balance in our organization. You know, we really are big believers in, you know, it's it's not about, it's almost like blind resume review. We're looking at the resume, but then we're looking at the person. And at the end of the day, we actually don't really hire that much from within our own network. It's usually through friends of friends, or we try to remove it a few steps because we want the employees and the team at Laurel and Wolf to recommend people work with us. But at the same token, we don't want to create an environment where it's all the same type of people working together who all come from the same Backgrounds. So, you know, I have looked for within my executive team and within my group of directors, you know, very different backgrounds and different perspectives in a whole variety of ways. I think that you do not build an interesting business by getting a bunch of people around a table who all think and act the same way. So as that relates to, you know, diversity, we, if anything, we skewed unintentionally uh, very female Hmm. uh, when we started the company. I think being a female CEO, it was something that I was even biased towards looking to hire women. Um, And at one point, we were like 90% women, 10% men. Wow! (laughs) And I was like, "Hmm, you know, this is not a healthy balance either, (laughs) you know. Um, So I think that just whether whether it's male, female, if it's different ethnicities, like different backgrounds, different everything, we really just try to create a balanced environment and find the people who are truly best for the job. And that's, that's always a challenge, but you know, it's something that we are very much focused on at Laurel and Wolf.
1: That's excellent and not a typical scenario for startups. So that's cool to hear. You shared some things with me that you value in team members. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about those and what they mean to you.
0: Sure. So I always say that at Laurel and Wolf, uh, the number one thing that we look for is people who care about people. You know, when we are meeting with someone who wants to work with us, it's not always that they're just super passionate about interior design, because not all people (laughs) are going to love, you know, all things in the interior design or home decor world. But what we're really looking for is people who are excited to change the way people live. So, you know, whether that's giving our designers the power to earn a living doing what they love by helping them scale their businesses, or if that's the, you know, effect that a A person might have a change in their life as a result of using the service, we look for people who are excited and passionate about transforming the way that people are living. Beyond that, I always always joke, I grew up in the South, big football fan, and I think that you don't grow a company unless you have a real team. And what that means is that every single person on your team has to wake up every single day and decide that they want to win the championship. And you only win the championship when every person on that team has that same level of dedication and drive. Because you don't win the championship by having one all-star, you win a championship by having a strong offense, a strong defense, a strong special teams, by banding together and supporting one another when one area of a team is not doing as well, and then really excelling when the whole team is firing on all cylinders. So, you know, there's no room for ego. There's no room for uh, individualism in terms of like, hey, I'm a one-man show type of thing. You know, at Laurel and Wolf, we're people who care about people because it's tied to our mission and what we're doing and what we're building. But it also comes down to our culture internally, which is that you have to have respect for others. You have to believe that your job is is equally important to all other people's jobs on the team and you have to be really and truly a team player
1: that's pretty inspiring you know one thing you shared with me was this at laurel and wolf we dream big and we dedicate ourselves to making dreams come true for our clients our designers and for our team yep can you share you know a specific example of when you helped make a dream come true for someone on the team
0: um, you know that's interesting. I think that those are whether they're big dreams or small dreams, these types of things happen all the time. A great example is one of our recruiters who started off with us actually in client services. He came to me one day and he said, "Laura, I really think I could be a great recruiter. I know I have no background in it. I have no experience, but I'd really love to potentially take on that job and give it a chance." And so I said, Listen Joe, I think that you know this could be an interesting opportunity for you. I could see how you would have the skills necessary. And, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a challenge and you're going to go through this process and we're going to see how it goes. And from there, we'll make a decision by giving him the opportunity to prove that he can go out and do that job as opposed to just shutting him down. He went out, he hired a great person, and then we immediately switched him over to being a recruiter. So career wise, I think that by being team players and by thinking a little bit outside of the box, we allow for our team members to work towards their career Goals in that way. Mm -hmm. I'd say outside of that, you know, great examples of we've done a lot to support our teams, uh, different charities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've done Run for the Cure teams. We have given design packages to various charity organizations uh, for raffles. We give our employees time off so they can volunteer at camps. Like my director of partnerships is really passionate about this camp that she volunteers at every summer. And when she came to me and she was really nervous, she was like, you know, I, I know it's a busy time of year for us. And this and that and the other, but I really want to. I really want to take the week off and go and volunteer at this camp. I was like, don't even think twice about it. That's what you should be doing. You know, it's it's one hundred percent the right thing to do if that's what you're passionate about and you're giving back to the community. Then we want to support you in those endeavors. That's cool. Or whether it's you know someone having an idea for a team outing or for uh, you know one of our developers really wanted to teach our non engineering employees how to code. So he was like, hey, you know, Laura, can we do a workshop on a Saturday and have all of our employees who are interested in like doing an intro to coding 101, like come and attend. And it's like, absolutely. So, you know, it's whether it's like a, a huge dream or a small dream or just, I don't know if that it's necessarily making dreams happen. I think that sounds a bit big, but really being supportive of the goals and the ideas of our team that leads them into accomplishing their, their bigger picture dreams.
1: That is amazing. You know, those are clear examples of investing in personal growth, which is truly what keeps people sticking around at a job. You mentioned those monthly team activities. You know, what are some examples of those, the fun, silly ones I think are novel and interesting and unique to you guys? And what sort of, you know, results from experiencing those together?
0: Sure. (laughs) I think, Well, we've done a lot of wacky ones. Um, So, you know, one of my favorite ones was we did a photo scavenger hunt in West Hollywood. So it was all on foot. And whenever we do any kind of all-hands activity, we always split people into teams with people that they don't work with on a regular basis. Very cool. So it's not like engineering versus sales versus marketing. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like director of HR, a salesperson, a client services person, a graphic designer and an engineer. So that way they can really get to know one another, which I think makes us feel more like an entire team. So the photo scavenger hunt was a list of things that you had to find photos of in the area on foot. And they were all decorating related. So it was, hmm. you know, like you have to find a Kleesmos chair or you mm-hmm. have to find like interesting wallpaper or you have to find an industrial sconce. <laughs> so <laughs> My attempt to always tie in interior design in some way and also educate the team a little bit more on what we do. And then there were like bonus points if you could get everyone in the photo and you had to come up with a team name and a team cheer. So that was just an absolute riot. I mean, the photos were great. The team chants and cheers uh, and names were were also really entertaining. Um, And it was just a great day. It was a great way of you know, getting people to really work collaboratively, have a lot of fun, get to know each other. Um, yeah. So things like that, I think, are just really special opportunities. We also did, we've graffitied our stairwells in our offices where mm. each we broke up into teams and they created a concept and then painted them. So we have like, mm. and some of my team is very talented when it comes to apparently artistic endeavors because we have like a faux Warhol. Huh. We have a unicorn painted in the pointillism style. Whoa, <laughs> we have, very we have like a faux bank. You know, it's very, very, very cool. So, things like that are always uh, a great opportunity for people to just kind of let loose, be creative, be collaborative. A lot of our team outings have focused on those things.
1: That's impressive and clearly demonstrating creativity. And that's a perfect segue into what you wanted to share for your next value.
0: Yeah. So, the second two values, I think, really tie together. And the example I always use is if you ask someone at Laurel and Wolf to build a bridge out of weeds and floss... First of all, they'll grill me for thirty minutes about why it needs to be a bridge. What, mm-hmm. what is it? What is it going to do? <laughs> maybe it could. Maybe it could be a rope ladder. Maybe it could be a parachute. <laughs> maybe it could be a trampoline. Like, what is the goal of the bridge? And so, if we can establish that we agree that it needs to be a bridge, <laughs> they're not the type of people that are going to say, "Well, I need this many two by fours and this many nails and this many people and this many months." Mm-hmm. They're people who can say, "Great, I need a bridge. I have weeds and floss. What are the thousand and one ways that I can build that bridge?" So I'd say that they're creative thinkers, which means that they can creatively problem solve or think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And then the third value is that they are optimistic and innately optimistic. So even if you know that, okay, I've identified a hundred ways that I can build this bridge out of weeds and floss. I know that these are going to be my top 10 challenges that I need to overcome because these are going to be very difficult parts of this bridge building process that you are optimistic that the challenges can be overcome. Because when you're building a company from the ground up and you're literally building something that's never existed before, you can't have a mentality of, well, if there's a challenge, I I can let it defeat me, basically. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a really important thing is that, you know, when you say, okay, here's the challenge in front of us, here are the resources, whether it's time or people or dollars or whatever it is that we want to get this thing done in? What are we going to do to overcome those challenges? It's being able to say, Hey, yeah, this is going to be hard, but I believe that I can come up with a solution for the problem. And I'm positive that we can get something done.
1: And so do you have any stories about someone on the team showing, you know, exceptionally creative thinking that matches this value?
0: I think, gosh, I think people on our team uh, demonstrate this constantly. Mm-hmm. Product and engineering are, are living that problem-solving <laughs> matrix on a day-to-day basis because there's always a 100 more things that you want to build. There's always a 100 more things that you want to test. And so you're constantly having to look at your roadmap and say, okay, Here are the things we need to build. Here are the things we want to build next. Here's the features that we want it to have. How can we make sure that it's sophisticated enough to do what we need it to do, but like where we're not spending too much time if it's just like a new thing that we want to test? So I think that's a constant juggling act. And, you know, then I look at people uh, who work in our marketing and sales teams and even our partnerships teams. And, you know, my director of partnerships came from. You know, very structured world of brand partnerships. She came from NBC Universal and before that had worked with big publishers like Conde Nast. Mm-hmm. It, you know, she has come out of that world and I dropped her in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> <And> <laughs> like, you know, the world is your oyster as long as it only takes this long and, and you only have this many dollars, you know. Right. And so, you know, she has come up with such interesting creative partnerships that really continue to help us grow, has executed them in a timely manner you know so i think that everyone in our organization is constantly thinking outside of the box and saying okay we are a very ambitious group of people we have very aggressive goals as an organization it's almost impossible to not apply the creative problem solving and being optimistic <laughs> to like everything that's happening in the organization on a day-to-day basis
1: Gotcha. Now, I was sort of sleuthing around in your job listings to pick up clues about your culture, and one thing you mentioned in a few of them was weekly brainstorms. You call them? Sure. Can you take us inside of one of those? You know, describe the vibe and what kind of person would you say flourishes in that setting?
0: So, we do a couple of different things when it comes to brainstorming. So, different teams have brainstorming sessions. Joint teams do collaborative work sessions. We also every Friday have a weekly town hall. Mm-hmm where the entire team comes together and uh, every week at town hall, a different person from a different team is nominated to update. So let's say it's engineering. uh, The same person doesn't present the engineering updates every week. They nominate someone from their team to do the presentations so that you can have visibility to different members on the team and get to know them. So lots of things kind of like collaboratively. We also do quarterly brand workshops where our creative director revealed our new visual identity and then we gave different teams different challenges around creating a billboard campaign as well as a user-generated social media campaign. Hmm. So some of them are more tactical, some of them are more high-level. Brainstorming sessions really range depending on what the session is. Mm-hmm. But everyone at Laurel and Wolf, I would say that they have the opportunity to express their ideas and we make it or try to always make it to where there are never any bad ideas. And so I make sure to also say, when I, even when I'm brainstorming in front of the team, I'll say, "Hey, I'm just going to throw out like I'm just going to start firing ideas off and I'm sure most of them are going to be bad. But let's just start spitballing. Let's start putting things out into the universe because then we can start to think about what is good and what what is bad, right? Or mm-hmm. what are the things that we think are going to be more successful versus the things that maybe we want to test later. So I don't think that you get good ideas out of just presenting the one idea that you think is a good idea. I think that it usually comes in the form of what if we did this? And what if we did that? And what if we did this? And what if we did that? And hearing that come from different people and different perspectives and then kind of saying, okay, great, we've got a catalog of this many ideas. What do we think are the ones that could be the most successful? And really coming to that conclusion as a group, I think, you know, some of our really great marketing campaign ideas have come out of our engineering team or have come out of our client services teams. So, that's cool. you know, you never know where the strong ideas are going to come from and we can and should be always inspired by one another because we all have very different, different views of the business because of what we're working on on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, this is cool. This is sort of, you know, the advantage of having design thinking at the the leadership level of a startup. So, I think that's pretty wonderful. Mm -hmm. Returning to that third value of being optimistic that you look for in teammates, what would you say is a metric that you track internally that affects team morale?
0: Hmm... That's an interesting one. You know, I don't know that there's one metric that affects team morale. I think that, you know, KPIs are great. Uh, You know, when you're hitting your targets, it always makes the team feel good, I would say. Mm -hmm. But more than hitting your KPIs, I think that it's it's a a general feeling. I think that growing a team and and developing a culture is really hard. And you're going to hire the wrong people. It happens.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And It's how you deal with it in those moments that can be the most defining. And, you know, I think that you get a sense of how the team is doing you know, sometimes during some of those challenging moments, I think we've definitely seen where we've hired the wrong person onto uh, in a leadership position, or we hire, uh, an individual contributor on to a really strong team and they're not keeping up or they're not quite gelling with the team. Those are the things that really drag down the team the most far more than, Oh, you know, we didn't hit our weekly goal of this many orders or this many, whatever it is. Um, the thing that can really drag a team down more than any, missing of KPIs is when there's something wrong, like there's something happening with the people on the team. So as you're bringing on new directors or people in management positions or new individual contributors, you know, watch them carefully, make sure there's a thorough onboarding process, track how team morale is doing, because if something's not working there, it's going to impact the team far more than missing goals in terms of like KPIs.
1: That's really insightful. So yeah, it's almost like team itself affects and team performance and team dynamics affect morale.
0: Far more so than missing a goal.
1: That's really cool. That's a great insight. Thank you for sharing that. Yep. You shared with me some thoughts on, you know, speaking of teamwork, the power of teamwork, as you call it. Mm -hmm. One thing that you said that I loved is when we win, we win together. And when we fall down, we help to pick each other up. Mm -hmm. So two questions on that. The first one is, can you tell me about a time when someone fell down and the team helped pick them up?
0: So I would, less specifically about uh, one person, but I would say that, you know, when you're in a startup, there are constantly fire drills. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And usually it relates to one, or it seems like it would relate to one particular department. So maybe it's that... Uh, we released something and it's not working properly. We find a bug or something like that. Or we all of a sudden get a ton of interior design orders and we're worried about making sure that we have enough designers to fill it. Or you know, different challenges as you grow your organization and as you get more sophisticated along these things, sometimes there are going to be these moments where you're like oh shoot, how are we going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. Let's say that the acquisition marketing team's ads aren't performing where they should be performing. And instead of the team just saying, well, you know what? That's their problem. That's their job. That's their problem. To me, that's not the appropriate way to handle it. The appropriate way of handling it is saying, hey, when we all win, we all win. So if a part of our organization, a part of our team is struggling or falling down, what can we do to support them? Maybe they need more support from creative. Maybe they need more support from the content and brand marketing team. Maybe we need to sit down and have additional strategy sessions. Maybe they need to work more closely with product to see if there's something wrong in the funnel to make sure that it's not working. So I think that instead of just saying like, oh, you know, uh, client services is super busy. It's totally their problem. And I hope they figure out how to answer things faster. It's like, well, what can we do to make that a better process? (laughs) Let's look at the internal tools that they're using. Is there anything that we can do to streamline the process from a product and tech perspective. I just think that there's basic things that teams are definitely always dealing with different challenges within their own verticals. And instead of looking at it and saying, okay, that's your swim lane, this is my swim lane, and never the two shall meet, your problems are your problems, my problems are my problems, is that we really try and tackle all problems as an organization because that's the way we're going to win we're not going to win by having just client services trying to figure out how to make their process better. We can apply product and engineering to see what is happening with client services from a maybe the admin panel is not robust enough. It's taking them five X too long to do this task. And if we can slot in a product that's going to help them become more efficient, then we can optimize our efficiency significantly there. But that's a solution that product and engineering could bring to the table that maybe a director of client ops may not think of or may not have time to
1: realize. Yeah, that's very smart. And it makes use of the the strengths of the whole team. Yeah. And how about a win? So, you know, that's the flip side of that is you win together. <laughs> so what was a time recently that the whole team celebrated together?
0: you know i would say that a big win for us was actually that we relaunched our homepage our how it works page and we released our new brand identity which was a big deal we had to change <laughs> i know it's it, it was you have to change everything in your email drip campaigns your social media your email signatures your signs your printed materials your yeah. the homepage was totally redesigned and we did it all we literally redesigned everything for a launch date in a month. Everything. (laughs) So that was, I am exceptionally proud of the team for how they really came together and tackled this as a team. There's no way it was going to get done unless it was all hands on deck, totally focused, totally head in the game, totally in the zone of like, how are we going to get this out? They just did an exceptional job, came together all on time, all on deadline, looked beautiful, worked perfectly. So that's something that we did a little celebrating around at the office this week.
1: <laughs> what did the celebration look like? Did you, did you get, you know, champagne or cakes? I'm so curious because you're, you're so conscientious about design and experience there.
0: So we actually had just, we turned two also on uh, Monday. Congrats. (laughs) So we had a two-year anniversary party to celebrate. We have a beautiful rooftop deck on our building and our event planner had like fun custom cocktails and we had giant games where it was like Connect Four and Mm -hmm. and, like human-sized Jenga and (laughs) huge dominoes and different things like that. Um, So it was a really awesome time for the team to get together, play some games, hang out, enjoy the. Summertime weather that we're starting to experience. The celebrations really depend. I'm actually taking the client services and buy for me team out with our COO on Tuesday night to go bowling. (laughs) Fun (laughs) because we did our first like really big promotion uh, for Memorial Day. We did an open house as we were continuing to grow. They've just been working really around the clock. And so I wanted to do something special to celebrate their really hard work and dedication and make sure they know how much we really appreciate them. So uh, I said, you guys can choose anything that you would like to do as a team. It could be a nice dinner out, it could be Manny Petties. it could be, you know, anything anything that you guys choose. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a fun new bowling alley that I think opened up in Hollywood and they love to bowl so we are going bowling as a team. So we also do things like that, you know, whether it's the directors or different teams have a budget that's set towards just team health and, and wellness and kind of culture within their own organization. So if they want to take the engineering team out for a dinner to celebrate a big release or if they want to uh, go roller skate or whatever it is, um, you also have that opportunity to do those things as well.
1: That's exciting. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yep. Uh, it is really fun to hear more about the team there, the Wolf Wolfpack, mm-hmm. uh, and the culture you're all building together. Uh, as you say, we aren't swinging for the fences, we're swinging for the stars. And I bet <laughs> there are people out there who also want to swing for the stars. So are you currently hiring, and where can people interested go to find out more?
0: Yes, we are currently hiring. We have many positions available as we're continuing to grow the team You can check out all of the open job positions at our website. If you go to laurelandwolf.com slash jobs, you will see all of our current openings.
1: And where can we follow you on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else?
0: At Laurel and
1: Wolf. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Laura. Thank you. You can find show notes and sign up for the email list on missionandvalues.co. The theme song is by Shane Inslee. I'd love to hear what you think of the show, so come and find me on Twitter. I'm at Brian Landers, that's Brian with a Y, or you can email me at brian at missionandvalues.co. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for next time on Mission and Values.